0: Happy Thanksgiving week, promisers and guests, so good to have you with us this weekend, whether you're live on one of our campuses, you're online, maybe you've already got an early start, start. you've headed to, to family or friends or taken a few days off on Thanksgiving, we love you so much and we're so glad you're grateful for you. If you're a guest with us, you make our worship more meaningful. We're so glad you're here. We always plan for you. Come on, we pray for them, don't we church? You're welcomed into the house at all of our campuses. Now, who's ready for Thanksgiving? Come on, somebody, who's ready? Now, listen, I don't care whether you're keto or Weight Watchers or you're eating grass and pine cones. I don't care what kind of diet, Barrett, you're doing, but... (laughs) But but here's the deal. All bets are off Thursday. It's a hog fest. So come on and roll on in there and get jiggy with it. Just get all up in it. So, what I'm going to do well, fry turkeys is going to be a great day. I love Thanksgiving because it really should be every day for a believer. I'm grateful to God. It now, it always happens right after our month of miracles and Heart for the Harvest. And I'm always so grateful at the sacrifice and stories. Grateful for you guys. We're still, more of the seeds are coming in. And next weekend, uh, we're gonna reveal what what the amount was given, Heart for the Harvest. But just suffice it to say, it's shaping up to be an absolute record offering. And we'll let you know that next weekend. So no matter where you are, gather with us as we celebrate and reveal that. I can't wait. It's always a, a, an incredible time. But as a church, we should be so thankful. Wall Street Journal last week reported that church attendance is down between 30 and 50%. Many churches will never reopen. They're struggling. Denominations are are dropping like rocks. It's a terrible day in America for church. Well, I'm telling you what, it is great to be at a live church that we're rocking faith, not fear. Are y'all with me? So, we get ready. I love preaching about Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite topics and, uh, and so, next this coming weekend, Haller and Hilton Hill will be with us. If you've never been to a Howler and Hilton Hill weekend, it's incredible. So, that'll be next weekend. Well, we'll all be here, but Howler will be. So, the government actually established a day called Thanksgiving. I don't think that'll ever happen in the future, but it happened in the past. I don't listen, I don't care whether you're a donkey or an elephant. I just don't think our government thinks like that anymore. And so Thanksgiving is Thursday. And and honestly, Thanksgiving is a difficult concept for humans. Now, would you agree that your attitude is important? Yes. Would you agree that man your attitude is essential? Yes. And I have to battle mine, because my my physical DNA is to be a griper and a complainer. Matter of fact, I would have made a great Pharisee. That's just my nature to pick out the problems and and just gripe and complain. That's the home I grew up in. And so it's my DNA. But let me tell you, I'm not going to be where I was. I'm going to be where God wants me. Are y'all with me? So, so with a great attitude, we have an arsenal of weaponry at our disposal. If you're a believer, and one of the weapons that you need to always have with you is the grenade of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude should permeate you not Thursday, but twenty, but but three hundred and sixty-five days. A year. So you pull this pin, you lob the grenade of gratitude in your home, let it explode in you, around you, with you. It's almost like Fourth of July. You ever been in a Fourth of July celebration and you hear this boom and you know, man, a big one's going, it just lights the sky. Everybody, ooh, and ah, see, that's how that's how you feel when you walk on an attitude of gratitude. And see, gratitude is a supernatural weapon because gratitude is not natural. So, it's a supernatural weapon. So, let me ask you a question. Come on, if you're listening, Sam, would your life be better if you were more grateful? All right, 12 of you. Would it be better if you were more grateful? All right, come on, listen fast, or we're going to lock the doors. So, participate. Now, when someone lobs a grenade, now I've never been in the military, but I watch a lot of military movies. So, when someone lobs a grenade, let me tell you what happens the enemy scatters. And when you lob the grenade of gratitude, Satan scatters. The devil runs, darkness scatters, depression flees, discouragement bolts, and division disappears. When you're lobbing that, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, used to years ago give me such a difficult time. Because it says in verse 18, in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I thought that meant I was supposed to be thankful for everything. So, what it says? Because let's be honest, a lot of stuff that happens to us is not God's will. It's not God's will when your spouse says, I hate you, I want a divorce. It's not God's will when someone accosts you, when they, when they steal from you. There's so many things that happen that are not God's will, and we don't give thanks For those things, we give thanks in those things. Are you with There's a huge difference. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. What's the will of God? That I give thanks in everything. That's the will of God. So can we agree it's the will of God, if you're a Christ follower, to be grateful? Are you sure? Matter of fact, it's almost impossible to worship and honor God if you don't have an attitude of gratitude. Because it doesn't matter what God does for you. It's simply never enough because you're not grateful. The Bible says the human eye is never satisfied. It says more, 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 doesn't it? You don't have to teach your kids to want something. They're born wanting something. And the older they get, the more they want. What you have to teach them is to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's look at a verse, a a passage, an experience that Jesus has. If you've been around church a long time, you'll know this. If you haven't, then it's going to be a new story for you. And I got to tell you, I actually some days envy people who are brand new to the Bible. Because I remember when I read these stories for the first time. I mean, I just was blown out of the water. The dude prayed fire down from heaven. Jesus, I'm, I just, all around, I just, I lived God awed because I, are y'all with me? And so if, if you're, if you didn't grow up around church, man, and you're, you're gonna, you're gonna experience so much stuff around here. So it's called the, the, the story of the 10 lepers. While he, Jesus, Was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. He entered a village, and ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? Where are the people to come back and say, thank you? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said, stand up and go. Your faith has made you whole. Now, in America, we've never seen leprosy. If you've traveled to India or some third world countries, you may have seen a leper colony because it still exists. But if you've never been outside of America, you've never seen leprosy. Leprosy is absolutely a hellacious, horrific disease. It's a nerve disease initially. It makes all your nerves go dead. And so you put your hand in the fire and not know it's burned. You'll lose fingers and toes, noses, ears. Now, all your know stuff, and, and you slowly rot to death. It's horrible. It separates you from your families because as soon as you're diagnosed as a leper, you're an outcast. You can't come home. You can't come in the city gates. You have to stay out in the country, and you have to stay away from people. It's sort of like what being ungrateful does. Nobody wants to be around a stingy, cogity, complaining whining person that never gets enough. Are you with me? There's a reason that that Jesus uses and the Bible uses leprosy as an illustration of sin because it is terminal and it rots you. It's horrible. So there are ten lepers. They see Jesus. He's between Samaria and Galilee. They see, he see, they see Jesus, and they stand away. The Bible says, verse 12, they stood at a distance because it was by law. If they came near people, they would be stoned with rocks. You think people are afraid in COVID? Let leprosy loose, and people be shooting each other. That's how when people were terrified that it would get on them. So by biblical law, they had to stay away, and they scream out, Jesus. Jesus, verse 13, help us, have mercy on us. Now, it's incredible how passionate we are when we're asking God for something and how lack of passion we have after God does it. With a loud voice, we seem, God, please help us, but we're not near as loud at saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Was that, is that? Would y'all agree with that? Now, Jesus answers an odd answer. Go show yourself. To the priest. Well, if you go back to the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch that Moses writes, in Levitical law, when someone is diagnosed and a priest would diagnose it, you have leprosy, you're an outcast. When that leprosy, if it ever went away, you had to go back to the priest and the priest would now deem you cleansed and you could come back to your family, back to, back to society, back to in the city. So Jesus has actually said to them, I'm going to heal you. Because he said, go show yourself. And why would someone missing fingers and toes and ears and a nose go show themselves to the priest? So the Bible says, by faith they go. They obey the word of the Lord. And can I tell you, man, in the American church, we need a little bit more obedience in the word of God. Are y'all with me? Come on. Man, if we don't start thinking and quit just feeling everything. Cause see your feelings are fickle, are, are y'all with me? We're absolutely we're we're gonna lose the ability to think in this country if we don't quit elevating my feelings over the truth. Does this make sense? So they go, they follow. Verse fourteen: As they are going, as they're obeying, as they're heading to Jerusalem, or the closest synagogue. Boom! They start looking. Fingers are back. Toes are back. Noses have grown. Ears are back. And it's a high-five city. Woo, man! They are excited. Oh, man! I can go home. I can be with my wife. I can see my kids. This is the most incredible things, man. Boom! And they keep right on going. It's, it's 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 dine and dash. Grab it and go. Take it and run. So there are nine. Well, there are most likely nine Jews. We know there was one Samaritan. Now, understand that those nine Jews would never let a Samaritan hang out with them, except for the fact that they had a common misery in that they were lepers. And common misery commiserates the masses to sit together and complain about how terrible their life is. Are you with me? So a common misery loves company. So we got these 10 guys now, in America today, we have this mass commiseration. And everybody is looking for a victim group to join and say, I'm a victim. And l- listen, as soon as you become a victim, you have no reason to move forward because nothing is ever your fault again. Amen. It's why victimization is so demonic, yes. it's horrible. And so what are we, we're all looking for a man because if I'm a victim, the government will do something or people will do something and people will feel sorry for me. Now listen, I get lost people looking for a victim group. They don't have any hope. There's no hope in heaven. All they've got is right here. But as I look at groups, what people don't realize is, is your life is hard and you think everybody else is as easy. Everybody's life is hard. Well, people who got more money than me, their life is easy. Are you smoking crack? (laughs) Jesus said, while you're here, life will suck. Or actually, he said, (laughs) you're going to have tribulation. (laughs) And because I have tribulation, I don't think anybody else does. Are y'all with me? It's the stupidest thing but that's what we get in these victim groups. I get lost people doing it. I do not get believers doing it. I don't get somebody who is born again, spirit-filled, adopted from heaven, gifted, favored, transformed, name written down in the last book of life, on our way to heaven that we look for a group to get together with and say, life sucks. Whew, I got that off my chest. And I'm talking about believers looking for black tie pity parties to invite all their friends to and talk about how terrible their life is. Are y'all with me? This is, that's why God said, hey, it's God's will that you be thankful. You can't be a victim and be thankful at the same time. Doesn't work. Verse 15, now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Literally, phonos. We get our word megaphone. He was, with a loud voice, asked for healing, and with a loud voice, gave gratitude. I mean, boom. And, 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 then, and what, then on verse 16, he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's the posture of gratitude. Man, he's down here worshiping. I'm, God, I can't believe you did that for me. I'm, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus said, dude, where's the nine, where are your nine buddies at? What the crap? But he just say crap at church? I'm just trying to use words you understand. What? I just healed nine people of leprosy? Grab and go, baby. Dash and die. Boom, 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 boom. And that's what we do. We grab the blessings. We grab the miracles. And we put in beef for boogie. I love what Henry Ward Beecher said. He said, a proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. Most of us are already living beyond what we ever deserved. Just come on. And I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible, I put myself in the story. I ask myself questions. Well, if I'd been one of these leper dudes, what would I have done? What would I have done? Well, I'd have gone back. I'd have been the one. I'd have gone back and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and, and my, many of you, well, yeah, sure, if he healed me of leprosy, I'd say thank you too. Well, actually, you were healed of a terminal disease called sin. You were saved. You were adopted. When was the last time with a loud voice you said, thank you, God? Thank you, God. Does this make sense? And we should be the most thankful people on the planet. It's ridiculous how thankful we should be. Come on. Now, I'm gonna, now, because I know that that's not my natural DNA, it's my spiritual DNA to be grateful, not my natural. I have to work at being thankful, it's a discipline. So let me give you four thoughts. If you're a note taker, let me give you four things. You already said your life would be better if you, if you had more gratitude. I'm going to give you how to do it. So come on, get your phone out, get something to take some notes, and finally put a little holy sweat in it. Quit being spiritually lazy. In Jesus' name, I love you. Number one, express thanks by faith. Well, but Pastor, you don't understand. I can't, I can't express thanks because I don't feel grateful. Well, how you feel is irrelevant. You think how you feel is the most important thing. It's actually irrelevant. So if you're gonna have a grenade of gratitude, then you're gonna walk with an attitude of gratitude. The difference between winners and whiners is whiners feel it, then they do it. Winners do it and then they feel it. We don't wait for some feeling. Listen, if, you're, if, you're, if you exercise, if you get up every morning, and, man, you go to the gym and you get it, you hit it, and then quit it, can I tell you something? When your alarm goes off at 4 o'clock every day like Dr. Josh Whiteheads does, you don't feel like getting out of bed. 28 degrees outside. Who wants to get out from underneath the covers? But see, winners, of well, which I'm not, winners, let me just go ahead and confess, because a <laughs> guy owns the gym on the front row. He's probably not going to heaven. And uh, and so, man, we come on. Does this make sense? So listen, faith it till you feel it. Say thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell God thank you, thank you, thank you. I started years ago, decades ago, when I started writing my prayers. I started a thank you section, and every day, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you." The more I did it, the more I had to be thankful for. Does this make sense? Thank you. Express your gratitude by faith. Number two, express gratitude in the small stuff. It didn't have to be somebody gives you a house or a car. Somebody says something nice. The Bible, book of Proverbs says you'll be tested by the praise that's given you. What do you do with it? You receive it and you reflect it. Thanks so much for noticing that, that's, that's Man, that's so cool. I love you. I'm so grateful, Whatever. Zig Ziglar was one of my favorite authors, and list, heard Zig many times live, and, and man, he just, he, he helped me with thanksgiving. I, this is what Zig said. He said, the more you recognize and express gratitude for the things you have, the more you will have to express gratitude for. And honestly, it's not because you'll have more stuff, it's because your perception will change. Instead of walking in the house looking at all the things you don't have, you'll begin to look at all the blessings you do have. Does so this make sense? Now the Israelis are about to go in the promised land. God and Moses both warn them. So listen, you're going to a land of milk and honey. You're going to cities you didn't build, houses you didn't build. You're going to farms that are going to be ready to produce. You didn't plant in fruit trees. You're going to get a be- beautiful harvest. V- vineyards. You're going to get all this stuff. And when you get there and you become wealthy, don't forget where you came from and don't forget who gave it to you. But with, 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 a, with a lack of gratitude, we grab and we go. We take in, and we turn. We run with it. Are you with me? Forgetting who gave it. We're like the nine lepers who never turn to say, thank you, Jesus. We just grab our miracle and run back to the house. And God I tell you, it grieves the heart of God. It agrees. That's why First Thessalonians 18 and so many other verses say it's the will of God for you to be grateful. It's human nature for you to complain, isn't it? See, that's our biological DNA. Did not ask for DNA. You got to know your DNA, folks. My DNA is griping and complaining. That's where I came from. But what I've learned is the more you complain, the less you'll obtain. And, and complaining corrupts you your heart and it becomes a way of life. So are you with me? The next, express thankfulness in the hard times. When life falls apart, when you're fired, when your business goes belly up, we've invested your whole life savings and COVID comes and the government says you can't open up and everything you've worked for your whole life has gone down the drain. We've got a, a friend of mine on my prayer team, got ready to retire, and the week after he retired, he realized that his entire retirement had been taken in a Ponzi scheme. To make matters worse, his money had not yet gone into the Ponzi scheme's account. It was still there. The bank could see it, but the judge said, it's not fair that your coworkers have lost everything Don't get theirs and you get yours. So we know it's your money, you don't get it anyway. So it was stolen, and then the judge says, You can't have it. He could have spent the rest of his life griping and complaining. He's not. He and his wife are just having an absolute great time. Are you with me? See, when you lob grenades of gratitude, your fear disappears and your faith appears. And when you give thanks in the tough times, it shows that you believe that God is. Because let me tell you do we still believe the Bible? Well, the, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for what? For good of those that, that, that those are called, those that are loved according to his purpose. Listen, this is how massive God is. If you're listening, say I am. Yeah. The God of the universe can take when all crap happens to you When your spouse leaves you, when you've lost someone, when you've gone bankrupt, when you look around and see no hope, our God is so big that he can turn that around to good. That's how big God is. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise in the house. Maybe one more thing. Express thanks in a real, tangible way. Show it. Say it. And share it. Let people know. This is one time you don't, want, you, don't, you don't jump on the grenade. In a military movie, if a grenade lands, some self sacrificing soldier dives on it, he's killed, or by those buddies live. No, this grenade you want to lob and get on everybody. You want Thursday to get on everybody when you go to your family's house. And some of you are going to some family you don't even like. You don't even, you don't even look forward to it. Because you got negative Ned. You've got, you've, got this, you've got people that are just gonna gripe and complain all day, let me give you a little help. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Walk in with an attitude of gratitude. Hit that front door with a just poop-eating grin on your face. Just walk in and say, so good to see everybody. Gonna be the best Thanksgiving we have ever had. I can't wait to get some of that turkey. I am so fired up. And listen, when they say, what got into you? Jesus got into me and I am so thankful. Listen, walk in there and be light. Don't let them rain on your parade. Don't let them dump on your gratitude. Are y'all with me? It's not circumstantial, it's spiritual. Yeah. Show it to God in your worship. That's why we so encourage you to be tangible in your worship. Even this weekend, we, we have a, a sort of a, a worship moment. And some of y'all don't like that. I just want to read the words on the screen. Let me ask you want to move the heart of God more. Are you reading the words on the screen or are you just lifting up your hands in a moment saying, God, I'm so grateful. Hallelujah to you today, God. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Some of y'all think the song leaders, the worship leaders have forgotten the words. No, they've not forgotten the words. They're just worshiping and man, we just, are y'all with me? Show it in your worship. Say it to your family this week. Share it with your friends. Listen, be thankful for more than just your stuff. More than just your stuff. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then this, and speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always what? Always giving thanks. It's the will of God. I can find you so many verses. It's over. In fact, do you know that thanks is the gate to God? In fact, what does the psalmist say? Enter into his gates with and enter into his courts with. See, because some of us are so angry and bitter and resentful because of something that happened to us, we don't have an attitude of gratitude. We're blocked from intimacy with God because you enter his gate with thanksgiving and you don't have any. You see, but you don't understand, Chris. You don't know what else happened to me. Listen, we've, everyone been crapped on. I've been sex abused, physically abused. I'm not letting those men that did that to that little boy back in Chattanooga to rob my heart and joy today. Are y'all with me? I'm not going to give some pervert the key to my joy. So if somebody hurt you as a child and you're not grateful, they still own the key to your gratitude. For heaven's sake, take that back in Jesus' name. Walk in an attitude of gratitude, man. Have a victorious life. Are you all with me? Come on. It's going to be your best Thanksgiving yet. Let me tell you one thing. Listen, listen. Don't let a single or a widow or a widower do Thanksgiving alone. If you know one, you make sure they've been invited to somebody's house. Don't, listen, don't, don't. oh, somebody's going to invite them. No, you, there will always be people at my house. At our, not just our family, there will always be people at our, at our house. Because we want to make sure everybody's got a family. Amen? So, man, let's walk in gratitude. Listen, when you're grateful and everybody else is complaining, you heap coals on their head. I love heaping coals on poop heads, heads. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father, God, we love you. God, it is your will that we be grateful. And God, we live in this antichrist culture of, of consumerism, of griping at the counters and just we end up living, complaining because we think we got cheated and get enough. God, you saved us. If you never did another thing for us besides write our name in the Lamb's book of life and give us your spirit, God, everything else is gravy. So, Father, faith promise, I pray everybody that walks in any of our campuses begins to feel this is a different people because we love you, God, and we're grateful. I pray for victory. I pray for a great Thanksgiving. And I pray, God, that people will see your light in us In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said?